0: This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade, boulder dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. (laughs) Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. What if I told you you could get a big snack almost anywhere for less than five bucks? Let's talk 7-Eleven's $3 big meal deal with seven rewards. Big meal deal is a big bite hot dog and a large, big gulp drink. And you won't find a better snack deal anywhere else. Here's what I put on my hot dog. Mustard. And that's it. That's it. I love a hot dog with mustard. Maybe if the chili, if I'm feeling it, if I'm feeling crazy, maybe a little chili, maybe a little nacho cheese, but I'm a hot dog and mustard guy. But if that sounds like your kind of bite visit Seven Eleven. Valid through one 711 has the right to end this promotion early. Plus tax applicable on large, big gulp only. Participating in U.S. stores only. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Oh my gosh. My favorite
1: time of the freaking week. Spidey's 16th minute, new year, new energy. This is the year we're going to get famous for real.
2: With our top podcast. Oh, yeah. So excited. This, is number one. Thank you guys for making this I'm not so going to have big. to
1: Photoshop it, you know, in my story that we're in the top podcasts a week, but I still will until we are. Uh, what a great... We had New Year's Eve. We got my parents to watch the baby monitors. and went out to an incredible 50-course meal um, at Rustic Canyon.
2: It was so good.
1: One of the best... New Our first New Year's Eve out in... Seven years. Yeah,
2: seven years. Seven years.
1: (laughs) Really was great. Um, had a lovely kiss at midnight. So incredible. (laughs) Uh, yeah, life is, we're on track. We got Heidi's new music is coming out. Mm We got the files for body language from the producer in Sweden or ever. So we can now remix body language, which is very exciting for the music fans.
2: Um, Yeah, a lot going on. We had Gunner home from break, which was so nice. He went back to school. I obviously cried. I was like, I love having Gunner at the house. So it's been so great having both boys home. We have new music coming out. We have our show that we're going to be going out with really soon. So that's exciting.
1: Our manager gave us really optimistic odds (laughs) of our TV show selling. He said we're at 20%. Minimum. Minimum.
2: Minimum 20%.
1: Uh, No, maximum, I thought. Like,
2: no, I thought you said, well, whatever. It's like gonna your, happen. Your best. Your best I, <laughs> 20%. I mean, hey, hey,
1: we'll percent. take it. didn't say two percent. Yeah, so so you know, maybe we'll be back on TV. <laughs> we'll see about that one. <laughs> uh speaking of TV and movies, I don't we didn't actually watch the Golden Globes, but I followed it on every social media platform. The big drama, there's a couple things that happened. One, the host made a joke about the NFL, like showing more Taylor Swift than, you know, I didn't think it was that bad and I'm a Swifty, but the look Taylor gave him kind of, I think Taylor's just done having jokes about her, which I feel like just that's more of what it was. Cause the joke wasn't that bad. It's just like, I'm sure she's so sick of being
2: it's also like the ultimate compliment. They're going to say jokes about the biggest people in the room. It's like, okay, well, who is a no brainer, big person that would make a splash in this room and then make a splash and to like, have a joke about you with all the biggest stars in the world. I think that's an ultimate compliment.
1: My favorite part of the, how big of a star Taylor is when you like, I saw some BTS photos of her. She has her secret service level bodyguards standing next to her at her table. Like none of these other stars, I think they're so big. They must be like, I don't get a bodyguard standing next to me. So the big other drama, and I've watched 50 versions of it, uh, is so Taylor Swift sitting at the table (laughs) next to Kaylee Teller, who is Miles Teller's wife, who is Taylor's new professional best friend she's really good at being a pro bff all of her tiktoks have taylor's music she's also involved in the conspiracy that this ring that dumois said that travis gave taylor then she came out and she said that she gave taylor the ring and then she called dumois by her real name and like kind of so she's like a real a gangster, professional best friend, also. I which could is also great. do that. I mean, I've, <laughs> <I'm available. laughs> I. am available. I don't know why she hasn't like, like seen me, and you know, whatever. So this the action is Selena Gomez comes over. Which if I'm the guy sitting next to Taylor, I'd be so annoyed because Selena Gomez like puts her entire body <laughs> over this dude's shoulder, like no no personal space. I, I actually would have been like, get off my shoulder, Selena Gomez. Um, and the lip readers, uh, the professional comment section lip readers are convinced she says to Taylor that she asked Timmy Chalamet for a photo and Kylie says no. And then Ka- uh, Kaylee Taylor says she then hears, cause like Taylor kind of like repeats the story to her and she's like, Timothy? So the. People that don't believe it are saying that there's no way with all the cameras there that if uh, Selena asked Timmy for a photo to Kylie, that we would have seen this interaction happen. I will counter there's like backstage areas where these superstars walk, where there's less civilian type energy and people with cameras. So it easily could have happened like in one of these passing hallways Or I even then said to Heidi, maybe Selena has Timmy Chalamet's number and was texted him like, hey, let's get a photo together. And it was a text back, like uh, Kylie says no. So regardless, it's such good storyline. And it upstaged, I don't care who was in the freaking show, because it was so good. And it made like, if Kylie did do that, it actually made me like Kylie so much more. And I feel her because she's a Haley Bieber friend. And that just shows like she's a loyal person. And if it's nothing to do with Haley Bieber, she's also so media savvy that she's like, I don't want some viral photo of Selena with Timmy Chalamet when tonight was our big night when there she's like grabbing his necklace and they have this like kiss moment. So
2: I absolutely agree. If that story is true, that was such a thirsty move for Selena to do to get that photo of those two together. It's just not appropriate. You don't go to someone's boyfriend. It's exactly what Larza was saying happened basically in a different way with, um, with her boyfriend so it's like yeah, i under- she
1: didn't ask timmy to take a photo I it in, of a her. Way.
2: in a different way though it's like you're going up to someone's man you're involving them in a photo like what's the anyways i totally agree but that thanks for informing me because i didn't see any of that i had no idea spencer gave me the whole tea it was very juicy Thank you, thanks you know. for keeping me updated on pop culture and everybody do you watching think this. it happened
1: or do you think it did not happen
2: i think it happened It sounds like that would happen. And they're not filming interactions of stars going up to stars. They're filming an award show. There's an agenda. It's like this presenter comes
1: up. The argument is people are saying somebody there because they're such big stars. Somebody would have had their iPhone. Some
2: stars aren't filming stars like that.
1: But there were like influencers there, you know, clout. Cloudy people.
2: I don't think so. I don't I don't know. Anyways, I don't think that they would Just have been captured. Taylor's
1: reaction though was like,
2: what? It
1: like it was so good. It's she's such a pro. Um, so that's pretty much the big pop culture thing was the Golden Globes, which is 50% up the ratings. So that's positive for the film television world. It's not dead like it seems so and what nine th- million viewers. What
2: about the movie that won over Taylor's What do you
1: think? Barbie? It's kind of unfair that she got put against Barbie. It was like this new section that was like you had to make like over $180 million to be in this section or something. But she was the first to stand up and uh, do a standing of ovation course. for Barbie, even though Barbie beat her, which was funny, though. People say what well, in Taylor's defense, of course, because PR people have now. You know, put it out there that she was actually in the back. She didn't leave right after she lost. (laughs) That was what it looked like Uh. to the audience, but she was actually just hanging out in the back, which, you know, of course she wants to go mingle and there'll be a superstar in the back. You don't want to sit in that
2: chair like also you have to like get up eat something yeah. drink something get some water you can't be stuck there for hours it's an award show people come go you meet this person backstage you don't you know like these celebrities i know exactly what they do the
1: other big speaking of you know this really has turned into a taylor podcast yeah we should, i know
2: i'm like we should we also sh- pivot no i think we
1: should lean into it and okay. just in our bio be like swifty <laughs> cast and just okay. really target that because right. we're of the biggest podcast for taylor swift okay um there was a big controversy. The New York Times did an op-ed and it kind of questioned Taylor's sexuality and implied that maybe she's closeted. And then, boom, Team Swift went to CNN and was like, this is unacceptable, da-da-da. And they actually named, like, if this was Sean Mendez, I was like, oh, dang, we're just going to put Shawn Mendez up in this mix here. Like, they would never do this. But it is like, there's a lot of people that are still trying to break taylor down you know like the the reputation era like even though she seems so big there's like a undercurrent of of just like media people that are like i don't
2: or do they do that to everybody but just when it's taylor swift it's like oh my gosh i can't believe you said something about taylor swift it's like they say things about a lot they of don't people, do don't they? do full New
1: York Times piece questioning people's
2: sexuality. Oh, I don't know. I don't read the news very much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Um. Okay, anyways, well, I'm really excited for our guest today. We are having Mike, the situation from Jersey Shore, who has turned into the inspiration. His book is so freaking riveting. I felt Wait, like we did, were- you
1: just that was good. I don't even think he knows. That was a good little lingo. He's the inspiration I now. think that's
2: his line now. I, I think that's think one so. of his. I thought he
1: said, "I'm the big daddy." Well, six. that was
2: his. That's his new name on TV.
1: Oh, but he now says, "I'm the inspiration." Yeah, he said that to
2: you. I thought that's how he ended. I
1: right, was really well, good. whatever the
2: situation yeah. into the inspiration. I'm super excited to have him on. His book is riveting. We've been big short. Jer- <laughs> We've been big fans of Jersey Shore, <laughs> reality TV guru. Time, I'm excited. That for shows this book. you
1: we're not haters because Jersey Shore literally sank our television career and we still love them. Yeah, That's they stole like, our money. Yeah, we, It made us just irrelevant, you <laughs> yeah, know, but we're not bitter, us out. you know. No t- problem. Took t- t- our network from us.
2: Yeah, it is so interesting. So that was the overlaps of the last season of The Hills was the first season of Jersey Shore. And once that came on, Spencer literally told everyone on the cast, he's like, you guys have to step it up. Did you not see the show? You guys, they had no idea. Everyone Ooh, was like, oh, their egos. Oh, yeah, Spencer, nobody, you don't know what you're talking about. Nobody cares about We don't want to be jersey. like. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to be like that. You don't know what you're talking about. It's like, guess what? We're canceled. <laughs> okay. Should have listened to freaking Spencer the first time. Whatever. Then we wouldn't have, whatever. Okay. Okay. we so excited. <laughs> yes. We're so excited for the situation.
0: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendour. For each one is unique like a snowflake. (laughs) Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast.
2: I am so excited. Happy New Year! And we have the best guest to start this off in 2024. We have the one, the only, the situation. Mike, the situation welcome thank I'm you so Yo, thank you. you guys
3: for having me you guys look great thank you it's good to
1: see you
2: guys you. great, great you to see too. you yeah. There's
1: very few people we get this excited for because oh, wow. i mean yes you I'm... are the real deal oh thank you i appreciate you're the real it deal. And any of
3: our listeners know that you know yeah They're just it's... i appreciate it listen i just dropped this book a couple of weeks ago and i'm just so proud of it it's like my masterpiece it was my chance to really um tell my story, you know, and, and now that I'm eight years clean and sober, um, I'm a dad, I have two babies and one on the way. I was like, I made it to the other side. And I'm like, yo, it's time to tell, you know, the story that people don't know.
2: The reality check. I love the book is so great too. The title, the cover, the stories are very very They're very
3: wild. Yeah. It took me about two years to do it. Um, but I'm so excited with the, the end result.
1: I was shocked just, I was listening to the audio uh book in 1.5, a little, you were talking a little fast in it, but um I turned you up so I could get yeah, through yeah, it, Um cool. the action. <laughs> yeah. um, but I was surprised at how much life you lived until 25. And that puts yeah. so much in perspective for me because- I always looked at you when you came on and just blasted us out of the water. I was like, "How are these? Like, how is this guy such a bigger star than anyone on the hills?" And when you listen to the book, you realize like you already lived like a movie or two yeah. before the show even hit. Like you already had your own biopic that <laughs> yeah, you survived. I, which, I was I was wild. So it made it put it in perspective. Like, oh, okay. Like he already had so much life experience that by the time he got to the shore. This was like,
3: I was trying to tone it down when I got to the shore, you know, it was, I felt like I was on the right track when I fell into TV because little people don't know. I was, I was technically a drug dealer before uh, I made it into, into TV and I was a drug dealer for uh, quite some time. And I was actually really good at it. I was a very good earner. I was very loyal. Um, and I was doing it at at a fairly like medium scale. You know, um, I mean, I wasn't like a kingpin, but we're talking like, uh, around a hundred thousand dollars worth of of product per week on consignment, you know, and you, in order to get that type of reputation or that type of something on the arm like that, you got to be an earner and you have to have people to trust you to do that stuff. So when I finally made it into TV, um... I was like, okay, like, you know, like, (laughs) I feel like I'm on the right track here. You know, I don't have cops and, and, and things like that to worry about. But then obviously, as you guys know, uh, you know, that particular type of fast lifestyle eventually led me to almost the same stuff because I, I reverted
1: back to old behaviors.
2: It's yeah you're probably making more money than us on the hills.
1: Well <laughs> right? yeah when, when, we when, were you were, when you were when he was no, 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 no he was consuming his uh he was consuming ev- his ev- eventually his his yeah don't actual, get high on your own supply. Yeah
3: that became the problem once i was introduced to opiates uh, it was game over. I mean, early on when I was introduced to marijuana and cocaine, um, I can dabble here and there. I can play with it. But once I was introduced to opiates, that was, you know, my drug of choice. And it turned out to be uh, the devil for me. I had never heard of, is that like an East Coast thing, but i
1: never heard of rock assets, Oh my was God. You're like lingo <laughs> yeah.
3: for it. A RockaSet, um, is a 30 milligram oxycodone with no Tylenol in it. So, so think about a, a Percocet, which is an oxycodone 10, but it has Tylenol in it. You times that by three and you take the Tylenol out. And they're these little tiny pills. I was introduced to them in college. And to be honest with you, uh, full transparency, I, I like fell in love. Um, but they're like very, very strong. Uh, narcotics and I remember when I used to come out and see you guys early on in my career and I used to seek out that drug in LA and all you guys didn't know what it was and I was just like what's going on here in LA (laughs) these guys uh, I'm trying they're like uh, I used to try to get Roxy's out here and a lot of these kids and they'd be like, Well, you need to go to a dentist or something, you need to get a Viking
1: or something. I'm like, Oh man, what's happening now? Like, yeah, I, really, I was like, Is he making this lingo? Because I listen to a lot of rap music. And yeah, I never heard of that. I was like, oh, Yeah, whatever. but uh, yeah, I your book was the whole time, like. You're working on a movie, right? Like, I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, we we
3: just released the book like two, three weeks ago, and last week I had the first call for the movie, which is amazing. Because yeah, yeah. I was like, "This is so, yeah. from wow. drug dealer yeah. to then the
1: biggest reality star." Yeah. I was like,
3: "This is a movie." Yeah, so the we book had week, is we, so good. We was, had the call last week, which is super exciting. It was like the first or second day. Of, I looked at my publicist. The first or second day of the new year, it was really exciting to have your new year open up to people. Who want to do a movie on your life, and actually, more so, the book. So,
2: well, we when we watched it because. Jersey Shore and the Hills was at the same time right the overlaps your first yeah. season was our last season yeah, and we you guys knew were a couple years ahead of us right yeah. when you came on and Jersey Shore came on Spencer and I were like that's it our show's over they're way more entertaining they are bringing it they're raw and real they're living together like you yeah. can't compete with this momentum you guys yeah. were all so big and loud personalities is, which is what you need it was yeah. the formula for success and we tried to tell our cast members yeah I, was I read like,
3: that recently uh, over I don't know if last year or two that you guys would like talk to people i'm like yo what are you guys doing like in order to keep if you're not at the top in our business we're yeah. gonna try to replace you um and i i i read an article that you guys would talk to some of your other cast like what are y'all doing right like, y'all gotta do something um you know be interesting or be outgoing or have some conversation or some jokes or some lines or whatever and and some of the other casts were not delivering
2: yeah, so, that's, that was our problem.
1: So in your book, you s- make it clear that your on-camera personality and your off-camera is very, almost the same. Mm-hmm. How much of the Jersey Shore cast would you say is like that? And how much just bring, because it feels like an all-star team. Like everyone right. pulls no, weight. No, they,
3: they're all um, pretty much uh, fully transparent. You know, and, uh, most of them. I, not most of them, I would say all of them. Um Angelina changes a little bit, you know what I mean, but it is what it is with her. Sometimes you have to, you know, have your head on a swivel around her. Good yeah, for you her guys, coming back, though. I can't believe like, she, she came she's back. Like a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> she's like
1: she really I mean, they merch her. yeah. <laughs> now, like, yeah. Know. Yeah, right? Right? Did she
3: that happen? she's like she, for you minute. know, she um a while. She can um you just never know what you know, side of the bed she's going to wake up on. You don't know if she's a friend or a foe, and, and at the end of the day, that's just don't hate to don't hate to play, I hate the game. You know what I mean? It's just how it is in in our business. You know, if you're shooting TV and you're in and, and it's and it's season after season after season, sometimes you got to make it interesting. So sometimes, um, I kind of uh, I could see where she's coming from, but other times I can't. So it's like a I guess a love hate relationship.
2: Yeah, it definitely, like Spencer saying, seems like an authentic all-star cast. And Sally Ann did such a good job with that. I think it was like the right place at the right time. So what was that overlaps (laughs) for you? Like, when you were casted for it did you meet Sally Ann like how was the beginning of that were you sober at the time was it just out of rehab or like how it was, was that?
3: It, it was just out of rehab nobody knew about it and I, I definitely documented in my book nobody knows that I went to rehab right before I was casted for Jersey Shore um and the first season I just drank and I thought I was just a regular kid you know I'm like oh i I'm, I'm fine I'm detoxed I'm good you know you don't you don't have the education on addiction and self on what needs to be done in order to recover um it would take me many years to get there but along with sally Ann, um i started the casting process in 2008 with vh1 and uh, it eventually was picked up after about a year um and then mtv took it on because viacom owned Uh, VH1 and MTV so once it moved over to MTV that's when um Sally Ann took the concept which what it was and it was like America's like next top Guido or something she took it and then turned it into like a lifestyle show where the kids live and work together at the shore and then they changed it to Jersey Shore so she made it to what it is today but that happened a year later after it was picked up and then and then obviously they they started the casting process um in t- around 2009 or a little bit before that with with some of the others
1: and that first season you got like Pretty much no money, right? Yeah, yeah. So you were just in it, like, I'm a yeah, Calvin was, Klein model. It was
3: a couple thousand, I, I think, a couple thousand. I mean, I still have the first contract. I can, if somebody ever fact checked me, I can <laughs> just go look it up. It was a couple thousand. Uh, and I did quote in a book, couple thousand. And we also made some, um, some beer money or some alcohol money uh, from uh, the uh, shore store.
2: Sure, store. Do you ever watch any of those clips? Do those ever come back up? And how do you feel when you see them? I mean,
3: I'm proud of myself. I mean, I was a young kid that believed in himself. I took a hail mary on my dreams, and it and it worked out. You know, most people don't do that. They're scared. You know what I mean? And that was the difference with me. I wasn't scared. Um, and, and my, I I turned my dreams into reality. Now, as you go down the journey of my life, I made some, definitely made some mistakes. I was reckless. I was careless. I was a, I, I was a victim to, um, addiction, but mostly through my own decisions. But at the end of the day, I turned my L's into lessons and I was a man and I was accountable and, that's the thing is like, like if you look in the mirror and you're unhappy with your life, you need to ask the person in the mirror to make some changes. And a lot of people can't do that.
1: I'm not sure. Cause I'm not in that chapter of the book, but you say your whole life story's in there. And I only know what I've saw. Cause I followed, like I'm a fan. I followed like what happened in the media it, when the decisions that you made, were you under Influence that like led to the situation that with your brother. Oh yeah, yeah. Is that in the? Is that yeah, yeah. And pretty much,
3: um, on the introduction of the book, the first page kind of tells you how I kind of went to prison, and I was super high. And it was Christmas Eve. My mom was making, you know, shrimp oregano, the seven uh, fishes for Christmas Eve. Um, I had made almost around $5 million for um, the year. Um, and I was the black sheep of the family. So, you know what I'm saying? Like every, my whole family was excited. And, oh, my God. I had all these endorsements on my own Christmas ornament. Uh, President Obama just mentioned me on the the inauguration address. I mean I was on top of the world but I was also high on probably four to six rocket sets wow. on the couch basking at my famous famousness with a Ferrari outside uh, and the, my brother comes up to me who's my manager and he's like you made about five million bucks man we're gonna have to file and then he hesitated and he's like or you know we can get him next year and as soon as he said that I'm high you know I'm so, like sounds great sounds good <laughs> we'll get him next year yeah, yeah. and that one decision, uh, plagued me for about um at least uh, a dozen years wow. 12 years why how does that affect 12 years well because um 3 years later the cops come knocking okay and they come knocking at your door the feds and that's around 2000 and uh uh 14 and they start giving you the subpoenas on uh, the grand jury subpoenas and then you're indicted and then you have a court case and then you're defending the court case. I spent a million dollars on lawyers. A million dollars. Um. And then the court case kind of lingered a little bit because I was very um, inactive in my email address. So it was very hard to get a hold of me. I was so high and so crazy and so wild and touring the the world and doing endorsements all the time. It's like I got people to handle my emails. I got people to handle my accounting. So there was no direct contact with me. So it was very hard. Uh, when it came time for the court case to really nail some things down on me. So the court case lingered for a number of years. It was like a legal, legal odyssey. It was very, very taxing. Um, and eventually I was uh, convicted um, and the, and the judge um, gave me uh, eight months of prison time, two years of community service and 500 hours of, of, um, of, uh of community, of community service. Now, once you start to add all those things up and you're done with probation and you're done with community service, and then you look around and it's about 12 years later.
2: That's so, and and they just,
3: they just gave me back my
1: passport. Wow. Like, like last, like a couple months ago. And how much that year would you have just had to pay to just be, have just paid the tax? Cause Um,
3: that, that, well, and also they fined me um, close to a million dollars.
1: Just for not paying for that year. Yeah.
3: So that whole yeah.
2: year was like wiped out between having to pay the actual taxes, the lawyer, the back. Yeah. yeah. I, I always say, yeah, it's like yeah. 30, 40%. So, I just yeah. pretend So, so like- if, I
3: would, if I would have been, let's just say, not high, right? And I had my wits about me and your manager comes up to you. I mean, if some manager came up to me right now and says to me, Mike, you, you know, you made a couple million bucks, which I, I did you know what i mean um i'd be like okay cool i'm i'm paying my quarterlies. i'm being on right, top of things right. I'm, I'm 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 dotting the, right. the i's and crossing the t's you know back then you're going from a kid the year prior that didn't have to file because he didn't make enough money and he was a drug dealer So, the next year, when you make the five million, what came with that five million? uh, I think the quote is with great power comes great responsibility. I I just, I was a good kid, good heart, but I made bad decisions. I wasn't, I guess, ready for it fully. I was, I mean, I was great in front of the camera. America loved me. I was great at branding myself. Um, I was great at TV, but the business side of things, I, I was horrible at. I mean, now I'm great at it now you know, but back then it wasn't.
2: It's hard when you get into that fame and money and you don't have the education of business. Like, I think they should do that in school. Like, Hey, taxes are going to be this much. Make sure you pay quarterly. Like it's a real problem because if you don't know, you don't know. And then it's like this niche. And thankfully we had business managers and we paid a lot of money for them from the beginning because we were like, we want the best of everything. No, I think, like no I think our paid. lawyer
1: knew we'd end up in jail and was like, okay. here, like that's how we
2: got yeah, them. The but, so we was ended like, up with you- no money because we, yeah, most of it went to taxes and then we're like, wait, we all, you know. For- when
3: when they, when they uh, came to get me, there was, um, I was on my way to Spain, uh, an appearance tour and there was like seven agents in the windbreakers at the Newark airport. Like I was John Wayne and I was like, I was obviously, I was also high and I'm sitting there like I am now sitting in the couch of my team's in front of me. And I was just like, wow, like, okay. I was just so high. I really couldn't process it. I can process it all now. Um, but it was, it's like a, it's like a movie, you know?
1: And all this FBI agents or like. Uh, they were all IRS agents. Um, IRS
3: agents in the Windbreakers. Yeah. Wow. They, they would like, um, again, I held out on my case to the last day, um, before like trial, like maybe like two days before the trial because, um, they didn't give me like what I thought was, uh, was a good plea bargain. And I, I desperately wanted to get in the zone, uh, where a plea bargain says he's allowed to have Probation, community service, and worst case, jail. They kept giving me the lowest, which was like three years. Like I, on Christmas Eve, yeah. like you'd get a letter from the government and like, okay, like um, here's the plea bargain. We're going to give you three years in jail no matter what. <laughs> so it was, oh it was definitely my. a terrible ordeal from you know myself and my family. Eventually I held out all the way to the last day and I actually um it's like a there's like a picture in the book and of me in my underwear while I was signing my plea bargain um because I was able to get in the zone where you're allowed to get probation community service. Like the judge can't really say give him probation or community service unless It is in the guidelines. Like that's how you're like sentenced. So like I held out and it was like a big, not a big party, but it was like a celebration with me and my then girlfriend, who's now my wife, um, that like, oh, my God, we might survive this thing. Um, And eventually they just made an example out of me and I got everything. I got uh, jail, probation and community service. What was eight months like? Was it like a- I mean, I think your insecurities get the best of you because you've never been to prison. Uh, And obviously the movies plus haters are like, oh my God, I hope you get raped in uh, in prison. You know what I'm saying? Um, But, you know, (laughs) it's messed up. (laughs) It's true though. It really is. But I had um, an unbelievable uh, amount of faith in myself, uh, my God above, and me and my wife who just got married. And I'm like, whatever happens, I'm going to handle it, you know? And so I walked into prison like, okay, um, whatever's going to happen, I'm going to figure it out. And that was my mindset. So like, and also going to prison, I was already like uh, a two and a half or three years sober or something like that. So I felt like I was conquering addiction. I was a champion of addiction. I can do anything. So when I got to prison, I walked in like, like, okay, like what's going to happen? And everybody just loved me. And they, and they like, I guess they heard that. I was trying to change my life around and all the guys like took me under their wing and like, they looked out for me and I got perks in prison and extra food and, and Mm -hmm. not Percocets. Percocets. Yes. Yes. Not Percocets, but perks in prison. Yeah. (laughs) So, but it could have went the opposite way if I was a
2: prick. And what would have happened too, if you weren't sober, like to get sober in there and made bad choices and then you're sobering up in there. So what a blessing that you were in the right mindset.
3: It's very hard in, you know, to find positive stories in addiction today. Most of the time you hear tragic ones. You hear people passing, they just can't get their life together. They're a or in, in and out in prison and things like that. Uh, mine is the opposite. Mine is, is a positive story in addiction that I'm a champion of addiction and, and I live a positive, healthy life and I'm teaching others to do the same. So it's a, it's a good story.
2: So what would be your tip to someone else who is dealing with addiction? Like, how do you have such a strong mentality? How do you handle that and tackle that?
3: Well, I I think the most important thing is if someone is suffering from the disease of addiction or mental health issues, that it's okay to put your hand up and say, I need help. You know, we're all, you know, these imperfect human beings. And a lot of times people are afraid to, to admit that. And I am super accountable in my book and in my life of any mistakes that I make and, 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 and what I'm trying to, to do and the human I'm trying to be in this, this journey we called, uh, life. Um, but also I would definitely tell somebody to read my book because inside that book, it details how I recovered from addiction. Um, and, and the amount of times that I failed because I, the, I, I went to rehab about four times and each time I document my, my mistakes and and what I did. Um, so I, it's, it's also a self-help book. It's also a love story that's intertwined in between me and my wife. Um, and then she, she saved my life a number of times, um, throughout my life.
2: I love Lauren. We love you. (laughs) Yeah. She
3: saved me, man. I was a crazy, I was a menace
2: what a blessing
1: what's interesting is even though you're like call yourself a menace like you were so likable on every episode like so that's why i think people were drawn to you because you were just like fun and even if you were in drama like it never came from like i had had that sense of humor yeah and it just came so
2: and a good heart you can always tell yeah you were never like salacious yeah Yeah. me you know yeah i mean even to
3: this day you know we still film obviously and um I do like to stir the pot a little bit, but I think you, you kind of need that in order to be interesting. I mean, I, I feel that like you can't always agree with everybody, you know, you got to stand for something, you yeah. know? So yeah.
1: how do you feel my show sober? I'll be honest
3: with you. I, <laughs> I, um, yeah. I feel that like the person that I am at my core, um, I feel like people have to catch up to me. Like I learned, you know, many, many years ago, probably when Jersey Shore was rebooted in 2018, I did have those insecurities like, oh my God, I'm going back on TV. I'm going back into the lion's den. Um, you know, am I going to be good on TV? Am I going to, is America going to still love me? I'm, I'm, I'm not the situation anymore or, or, you know, or I thought I was, you know, um, And I, I challenged myself to find a higher version of myself. I used the adversity that I was facing in life to, to not be, uh, bitter, but become better. So I, I, I almost like raising your vibration. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go on the show. I'm going to challenge myself because I got to support my family. And this is what I love to do. This is my dream. I'm going to, I'm going to take another shot at it. I'm going to go at it again. So I went back into reality TV. I accepted less money because I was at one particular time, uh, about getting around $200,000 an episode from MTV at one particular time. Um, and I want, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to prove myself. I'm going to prove myself that I'm, I'm one of the best reality TV characters on TV. And so I went back in, I rebranded myself as big daddy sitch. Um, I was sober. I was trying to make amends to my friends. Um, and I, I was staying in my own lane and running my own race. And one day at a time, I'm going to be my best self and then move forward and put my head on my pillow and let go and let God handle the rest. And that was like the recipe. Um, and I, I, I proved to myself that I could do it. So now I'm going to the club sober. Everybody else is getting drunk. I need to find a different version of myself. So now I'm going to become, I'm going to rebrand myself. I'm going to become the designation, which means I'm going to drive my friends home that are drunk. I'm going to take care of my friends. Um, and then I realized I didn't need alcohol or a substance to vibe out. I was vibing out just on the music. And then just on that one challenge, I was able to build on. Now I go to clubs, I go to parties, I go to red carpets. And like, I feel that people have to catch up to my personality and my charisma. Um, and. Um um and that's it.
2: What about caffeine? It, like, are you able to <laughs> take yeah, caffeine? Yeah, yeah, do, yeah, can can yeah. you take pre-workout? I do.
3: I do. I, I have my own pre-workout. I do sell okay. my own pre-workout. Okay. But yeah, I mean, listen, you just, um, you just can't um, have narcotics. You know, you just can't have, uh, you know, drugs. Um or, or steroids, you know? So Or alcohol. Yeah, or alcohol, um, right. yeah. Okay. A, for me, alcohol wasn't really the thing. Yeah. I was just a maniac. Like you'd give me alcohol and I'd hold the the drink in my hand. And that was like a front for what I was going to do after or who I was calling in the moment to either go get cocaine or mm-hmm. go get Roxy's or Percocet um, and take the party to the after party to somewhere else. And you wouldn't see me for like three months. Like, oh, where's Mike? Oh, he's in, M- in Miami. You know what I mean? So that type of behavior will catch up to you and eventually led to my imprisonment.
1: How much of the cast knew about your, like,
3: other side? of like the the, Dr. Jekyll Hyde vibes. The the writing was on the wall. I mean, once in season two, once we started to get paid the millions and once we got the raise, um, like, the situation was definitely dialed up to like 15. (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna reach well, season two. I now, and um, like, you know, so I'm and out. I, I, I actually it. talked to Sally Ann recently about this. I'm like, you remember in season two, I escaped season two um, probably two to four times. Uh, I would throw the mic, or whatever, because I would have run mm. out of drugs that I had brought or snuck into. Um, set. It was like Mission Impossible every season to sneak in drugs because they would have police and they would have security protocols to check you, check your bags and check your person. So I'm in there at home before even getting onto set, chopping the drugs <laughs> up. Like you this is crazy, I know. I'm chopping the drugs up in like a little like ceramic pill crusher and then recompositing it in in a Xandrin pill. And I used to joke all the time, like, oh yo, Xanny Ronnie used to be like the, the spokesman and I used to have like um smoke with Ronnie back in the in the day. So I'm like I'm recompositing the the fat burner but uh... now it's now it's just a Roxy, a Roxy, and 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 my own my own Roxy. It's probably you know a Roxy sixty because who knows how much I recomposited <laughs> oh it into. Um, oh so now gosh. I'm on camera, and, and I'm just popping the pills right in the open because it's a fat burner. I just opened a fat burner pill, and nobody had any idea. Eventually, I took too many drugs on set, and uh, I ran out. And then once what happens is if you run out of drugs. And these things make you dependent. And which means if you don't take them anymore, you're, you're not going to feel well. You're going to feel almost like flu-like symptoms. So like hell or high water, I needed to find more. Um, and that's where my outbursts would come, where, um, I would get into an argument with a producer because I knew I had no more and I knew I had to skate out. And, and, and Sally Ann had strict set protocols where no one was allowed to leave. They wanted like the environment controlled, uh, how reality TV usually is. And I would throw the mic at somebody and just be out and then be out for like a day. The president of MTV would call and be like, yo, Mike, what's happening? And I'd be like, you know, the, I got into an argument with the producer. He said I was a drug addict. They have no proof. This is ridiculous. I was literally like, I was a drug addict, you know, and I was just a menace at the time. Um, and then they'd be like, please go back to set. And I'd be like, okay, I'm going back to set. But not until I copped me like a 50 or a 100 pack. And then I'd go back to set. And then, like, my behavior was just, like, dialed up so much that, like, I thought that's also what they wanted, too. I, I, I And back to speaking to Sally Ann, I talked to her the other day. I'm, I'm like, you remember in season two, like, when we were, the, we were coming to the last day of set, last day of school? I started throwing the furniture out the front door, like a rock star. Like, I'm like, yo, I'm like, I thought y'all wanted this. And she's like, man, she's like, you were... She's like you. You gave everybody a run for their money, but she probably did want it. That's yeah, she probably <laughs> can't say that. I, mean, like, I mean, obviously, I'm, de- I'm obviously I'm destroying their set. I'm destroying their property. I'm disrespecting them. I, and 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 Sally Ann, she did so they know, air that though? They didn't air that oh, that, that, so that little they piece. Didn't want it, so then. maybe and oh. she still has she still has those tapes of me jumping out of moving cars and like she's the one that can probably do the sick documentary where they actually have the footage <laughs> of me jumping out of the moving car and like, Oh my God, he just jumped out of a moving car while the other kids were, you know, the, the kids, Snooky Jay, while were in the car. And, and, and my bright idea of jumping, jumping out of a moving car was, was like, that was like, it would give me a buffer to escape security, protocols and also cops and the producers because they were so onto me. They knew Mike was up to something. So they'd be on me like this and I'm like, okay, but the car wasn't going fast.
2: You're like Jason Bourne. It, it's like it was
3: going like three to five. I'm still. Three I'm to still. five. And I just hopped out. And the what? producer was like, oh my end. God. And they had to stop the car. But it's in it's definitely in the book. People and anybody who's read my book, they're like, Oh my God. I read it in two days. I couldn't put it down because it was like it was like an action movie. It and is. like um, I'm definitely very proud of it. And it was just time for me to tell my story now that
2: I'm on the other side. It's interesting when you're on a hit show and how entertaining the hit show is, but usually the more entertaining stuff is off the show I, with the producers. I with- was,
3: I was too crazy that they couldn't air that stuff. They probably, I, I, I haven't asked her this and I'm really close with Sally Ann. I'm I, I could be like, do you have the footage of me jumping out of the cars? And, and because like, you know um the stuff that's in the book and she probably has like 80 percent of it like she could be the one to do the the crazy hulu
1: documentary you know i just want to see a montage of you just taking these fake fat burners oh, just like yeah. how many like, oh they got that you know they, that every they time that, they have you yeah. zoomed in you're just they like got that boom, yeah. And then just like your eyes just like yeah. how, how, how did wait how did ronnie or nobody accidentally try your fat burners <laughs> Um, I was very possessive of those <laughs> fat burners.
3: <laughs> I, <thought it> was <laughs> fat I was very possessive of <laughs> said fat burners, um, and also in when I went to Italy in season five, I smuggled in uh, 250 rocket sets in each shoe. And I, you take if I took my shoe off, and then the inside of the shoe you pull up, and I sawed the inside of it out. And I put the Altoid case in it. Then I put the 250 rock, Roxy's in it. So I had about 500 in each shoe in a, in, in a red, red and black feelers. Those were my favorite shoes that, that season, obviously. Um, but I ended up running out of pills that season too, because you keep, um, you know, not, uh, I, I made a deal with myself and I kept breaking it you know, all right, take one pill today. Mm-hmm. I kept taking two to, mm-hmm. so, you know, take, don't take any today. I took three. And then eventually in Italy, like I ran out of pills. And I started to go through withdrawal and I ran, I pretty much ran my head into a concrete wall. And then remember the neck brace, uh, yeah. the, the neck brace yeah. scene and whatever. Yeah. I was going through withdrawal on live TV. One of the biggest TV shows in MTV history. We got nine, 8.9 million uh viewers for, um which is like huge numbers uh, i think we still have the record or whatever but um imagine i i just remember thinking to myself how am i on the biggest reality tv show in the country right now going through withdrawal i mean this is crazy but if you if you read the book you like you can go back to the beginning i was a drug dealer and those bit the kind of all make sense now
1: yeah cuz i mean then you once you became famous, not only... I went had, back to the old yeah, people. You yeah, you had the money now. and Yeah, so other. now I went back. Now I
3: got the money now. Yeah. So now I go back to the old friends in Brooklyn and Staten Island. And I'm now I'm like, okay, like, and now, you know, plus that Italian upbringing of mafia, like that whole flavor of it all. So now it all kind of makes sense.
1: Yeah. So, uh, back to just what the success of Jersey Shore was, because of course you were like almost like the captain of the team. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like your energy now knowing that you were even on level 15, do you think you brought everyone to step it up? Or when you met everybody, it was everybody like, I'm like, cause Snooki's like, I'm going to be a star. Yeah. Like everybody, it felt like yeah, this yeah, is it. go definitely. time.
3: Yeah. It was definitely go time back then. And even now it's still go time. It's always, it's, you know, you guys know it's do or die. Almost every show, mm-hmm. or every time you film, yeah. you, know, you have to, you have to say something good. You got to say a joke. You got to just have that magic almost every time you're on the camera or else it could be your last. So even to this day, the, you can ask the fellas, they'll tell you, Mike, Mike brings it. You know what I mean? But even more so back in the day, it was a little more devious back then because again, I, I, behind the scenes, uh, I had just mass amounts of drugs. And if you, <laughs> if you watch Wolf of Wall Street, where he comes out of his house and he's like, I have, you know, Adderall to wake me up and I have a Percocet in the daytime and I got the weed. And that was that was me like in my Louis bag.
2: What I thought was one of back talking about the success of that, what was so gold that you did and introduced and what I think Spencer's also referring to is the gym tan laundry. Oh, you yeah. made that. That yeah. was you. Like yeah. you set up the whole Guido routine for everybody and then everybody attached to it and kind of seemed like oh we all do this but it's like no that was you brought that it's like this is the routine so how did you stay working out and doing that the whole time while being on drugs
3: um you know what um i was just naturally in in really really good shape and i didn't i guess cultivate the blessings that god had given me i guess um i guess that's a good answer i would just be just i just had a shredded six pack naturally. And even when I took the drugs, it even took a while for things to like go the other direction. So I just wasn't doing the right things. Um, but my whole life has been about self-care, you know, it's, it's about gym tan laundry, you know, even to this day, you know, I'm getting the manicure and pedicure once a week. Um, my whole life is, is self-care, self-love, uh, being good to others, positivity, making good decisions, being my best self for the day it's just now on um i don't want to say steroids because um i'm I'm sober, but it that that's what it is because I still have an obsessive personality. it has never changed i'm, not, I'm never going to change that. I'm just able to redirect things and control it better.
2: So would you be able to and open to take like peptides since it's like healing or is that like, a yeah, I no, yeah, like yeah, just, I yeah, just can't, okay.
3: I, I just can't do any more cocaine. I just can't do any more cocaine and, and Roxy's, you know what I mean? Cause I'm just, I just, I'm just a, I was a, a maniac
1: minus the drugs. If you could go back to like peak situation fame, like, of course you would have probably want to do that now mm-hmm. sober, but what if, like, if you could go back to like just the most popping version of the situation? What would you now look back and like, dang, why didn't I do this? Like, career wise, and like, I, I, I mean, I, I turned down Calvin Klein, and
3: and I wish I didn't. I remember they came and offered like fifty thousand. Uh, for a campaign and Calvin Klein, you know, if you, when, when you read the book or whatever, like that was my dream. Like I wanted to model my career after, you know, Mark Wahlberg, Marky Mark, you know? Um, and I just thought my apps were way better than everybody else's. And then when, when Calvin Klein came and offered me, uh, 50,000, my team countered with 500,000. So like, I guess I have like a good sense of humor, but I guess it's safe to say that we weren't able to find a happy medium there. But you don't do, at the time, at the time, maybe, I don't know about today, but you don't do Calvin Klein for the money. You do it for like the resume. You know what I mean? And to say you did that. So back when I was young, there were were a couple things that I would change. I also got like a deal from Lamborghini that I turned down because they didn't give me two Lamborghinis. They were going to give me a Situation Lamborghini, and um, obviously that's probably worth a couple hundred thousand, and my team was like, we deserve two. And so, like, there were some early mistakes made on. We, I, I, I and Sally Ann will probably tell you, I was early on. I was drinking my own Kool Aid, and I see a lot with with stars too. You just, you're not going to last that way when you, you know, you got to have some humbleness to You you got to be grateful. You know, you got to make good decisions, and that th- those things are not good decisions. It's hard when you're the situation, <laughs> yeah. You're know, you know, yeah. <laughs> you're the star, and you're
2: young, and you got the abs, and you're on TV. It's like, oh my god, I'm going hard. on Dancing
3: with the Stars. And I'm popping six pails before I go on live TV. And all the celebrities and everybody's backstage. Like, dude, why are you so calm and cool and collective? I'm thinking to myself, man, I just took about six Roxys, man. I'm high as, as all hell right now. And and I'm able to still perform on live TV in front of the world. I mean, listen, I only got four rounds, but like <laughs> I was all, a maniac. It's
1: better than Kim,
3: I yeah, think. yeah. You were very
2: functional as a drug addict. Yeah. That's what's so. That's why I'm like, you're working out, you're yeah. speaking well. You're like, it's it's very yeah. surprising. It was a fine line between
3: like I don't want to say overdose and like highness, but um, it is a, it was a fine line because you have a tolerance. You know what I mean? My tolerance was like four to six at the time eventually it did get up to 10 pills three times a day so if you if you do the math on that that is 30 Roxy's a day and a roxy is uh you know three percocets so it's 90 percocets a day
2: wow that's a lot Uh, that's crazy last question I, My, I have uh, one more. Uh, you have one more.
3: 20s, 20s, one right, okay, each, one You Go We'll keep them here for. Yeah, this was a really good interview, man. This um, really no, was. No, we would
2: talk to you all day for fun. This is so exciting. Um, so for you, has faith always been a part of the way you grew up? And how did that really yeah, intertwine in your life? What, it's
3: definitely what saved me for sure. Um, I was definitely facing, um, eventual homelessness, you know, at one particular time in in my book, the the millions were gone. The Ferraris were gone. Uh, my employers and the networks were like, he's too wild. We can't employ him, you know? Um, and, um, I was just like, you know what? I'm, I was at rock bottom at that particular point. And so I had surrendered, put my hands up and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And, um, I kind of just, um, I went to rehab and said my best thinking had led me to rehab four times. It's time for me to give up and, and listen to the therapists and the professionals and the people before me that have come and were successful. Um, I'm not a, an expert at everything. And so I fo- I followed the 12 steps. I, 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 I dive or dove deeper into my faith with God and, uh, and my purpose in life. And that was like the, the rebirth of, of the, the situation that became the uh, inspiration, or whatever. So now I'm eight years clean and sober. Um, I'm I'm also now an author. I am uh, I'm a sober dad, two babies, one on the way. Congrats. Still on TV. Turned 15 minutes of fame into 15 years. Um, every single year that there is any type of like reality accolade, I'm usually in the running for it. Whether it's TV show or reality star um so now hopefully we can get this movie
1: out uh you know in the next year or two and the documentary yeah oh, and uh, yes uh, yes he's he's too. a he's a businessman too yeah i don't know i'm watching too out
3: of that one project yeah, yeah, it should turn into, it should like turn that. into a docu and a, and a movie yeah.
1: final question since you're the one of the only people that really is a like a true icon that came out of reality television still on reality television when you look at the Landscape of reality television now and now influencer culture. Like, what do you see? Are you like, man, reality TV doesn't really. Obviously, your show's still yeah, a it's monster, still but you yeah. looked, like it just doesn't have that that feeling. Yeah. And, and what are your thoughts yeah. on just I mean, influencer uh, I, fame? I, I,
3: I would have to say that, like, during like The Hills and, and 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 Jersey Shore, we were like the the beginning of like the of the the golden the golden era, as as, as they would say. Um, it's hard to, it's hard to find good reality TV these days. You know what I mean? Or people that are just, you know, you can like point somebody out and be like, that person has got the if factor. It's hard to, it's hard to find that these days. You know what I mean? You know, or, or, or that show is lightning on a bottle. So I, I definitely think that, um, amazing reality shows are far and few, and be- few between. Um, but um, you know, only the future will tell. Uh, will, will will tell what the what the future holds for reality TV.
2: Yeah, it just seems like influencers also have kind of overshadowed. Like we were the influencers oh, of oh, the time. Oh, that's to, true. We're like,
3: like, t- like TikTok and stuff. Yeah, yeah, so
2: it's like those seem like the breakout stars. Of, yeah, that was like during yeah. COVID.
3: I don't I don't know if I see it the last year, like year or two. Um, I love that was like we during COVID, I don't know was the wrap. last year or two. <laughs> like you know, the dances in front of the TikToks and things like. I think like we've seen it already. So, yeah. but listen, I'm thinking like, listen, you guys have a ton of experience in on TV and the reality TV world. Like, like think of your own show. Like yeah. not only not only think of your own show, but like team up with other people that are good at it. And 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 be a businessman about it, and be like, like, all right, like, let's do this. Or I've thought of like maybe like um, I team up with like Doctor Drew or something and go around and save people from from addiction in the country. Or there's oh, there's there's food ideas and things like that. Like you guys are definitely like up there. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm gonna say this. You guys are definitely like icons in reality TV, and mm-hmm. like I can't really name uh, too many other people, but but I'm serious. Like you guys are definitely icons. Everybody knows who you guys are. Like. Be a gotta
1: figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm
3: telling you, like, yeah, like you know what I'm saying. Like Sally Ann, she loves you guys. She loves you guys. She She always speaks so highly. You guys, like, I'm telling you, like, when all the executives in Netflix and and all like the 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 big networks when everybody knows your name, you're in the big game. It's always possible. All you got to do is write something up. And, and, and take a stab at it. Be like, yo, uh, you know, um, you know, whatever idea that may be, you know? And, um, I think that's just how, um, good ideas are, are, are born. You know what I mean? Like you, you just told me like, yo man, there's nothing, there's nothing really good on. I mean, you guys are still on and you guys were number one on MTV on Thursday night. Like, all right, like, let's think of something and let's, Let's throw some out. We're, th-
1: right. we're throwing. Well, I wrote a book and I put it out. <laughs> <laughs> He's now inspired. All right, make thank sure. Thank you uh, so
2: much. Oh get my the book. Gosh.
1: I downloaded the. I'll show you. I really. I bought it. I'm not even to play. Just look at this. Look there like
2: this. are so many. Oh, shit.
1: Yes. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. We're out here. Thank you so yes. much. Yes. Thank you guys. Amazing. You
3: uh, hours. Amazing interview.